Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader, how are the birthday extravaganza? How'd that go? Birth- birthday extravaganza was good. I've had entirely too much cake. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Sub- substantially more cake than one person should eat over the course of a single <laughs> week. Um, I had a, I had a friend uh, make me a homemade Jello cake. Oh, uh, if you don't know what If you don't know what Jello cake is, that's when you take a white cake and you stab it a uh, hundred times with like a chopstick, yep. and then you pour hot Jello over it while it's still in a pan. So the jello flows into those holes and like congeals into the, the gelatin stuff inside the cake, and it's you get this like b- kind of bluish streaked white cake. It's it's super fun. Um, Sounds so fun. I had a, I had a jello cake, and then my wife bought a really fancy cake from a bakery, mm-hmm. and then I made moon pies. Yeah, I saw that post. There's been a lot of cake happening. <laughs> There's been a lot of treats happening. That's amazing. That's a yeah. good birthday week. Yeah, it's good. How was your birthday week, sir? My birthday week was also good. I don't think it was full of quite as many treats as yours, but... Um, you gotta come to my house other... for your birthday. I know, right? Sounds like it. Uh, we live in a little rural town, so we went up to the local Dairy Queen and, and got a big old fancy, like, this death by chocolate like ice cream cake thing and oh uh, that sounds just, good it was so good like i haven't had an ice cream cake in probably 20 years but like they got it in the flavor of blizzard i always get and i didn't know that was a thing so i'm just i was like chocolated out last night like in a chocolate coma so that was awesome uh but yeah other than that we really just hung out made some good food and spent time with the fam i'm not all about like going out and partying for birthdays anymore i don't know yeah but it's a good time. Good time. Uh, let's see. Uh, next up, as usual, is our resident PDH PhD, Liam. How was your week, uh, Sans birthday? It's been pretty all right. It's been pretty all right. Nothing, nothing too fancy going on. Uh, did not have a birthday this week. Did, did not. <laughs> Two thirds of the pod did. Liam yeah. did not. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. Just, just all right. It's wild to me that two-thirds of the pod it's not that two-thirds of the pod had a birthday this week two-thirds of the pod had a birthday yesterday yes same day yeah (laughs) yeah how crazy is that it's pretty wild yeah i love it i love it it was specifically requested when i decided to make a a popper commander (laughs) podcast (laughs) one of the co-hosts had to have the same birthday Yes, one of them has to have my share my same birthday, and the other one has to be younger than most of my kids. That those are the only <laughs> right. two things. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds like you hit the hit the nail right on the head, though. Nailed it, nailed it. That's why we're so good together. Oh, all right. Well, uh, this week we had actually brought a returning friend of the show back on with us, Bobby B. Fine. Welcome back, buddy. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing all right. Of course. Got, you know, I'm dealing with your average sickness that just, you know, makes life generally not the most fun, but I'm powering through. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you sound good either way, but yeah, that's, uh, 
It's one of those end of the summer type things. Out said otherwise, so I. Oh, well, you two are fighting, so I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. It's it's entirely possible that Alec didn't mean what he said. He was just picking words that he thought would help him win a fight. <laughs> you, you know, you know how it is when you fight with Bobby. Like you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you can't fight fair with Bobby and expect to win. Okay, time out. I didn't. Like, I didn't realize I had this. You know, notoriety for fighting. <laughs> I maybe it's just me. I I can't fight fair with Bobby and expect to win. Like Bob, that, might be, yeah, that might be more correct. Bobby's a legend. I just make a podcast. It's hard to fight fair with a legend. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like you can't. I don't know about all that. I don't even but... remember what I said. Just, yep. just words are flowing. That's all it is. Yeah, it's fine. I forgive you. Don't so. don't. Don't worry about it too okay. much, Bobby. All right, I'm fighting with Alcadron all the time. So if I'm fighting with Alcadron and you're fighting with Alcadron, that's clearly a common denominator here. <laughs> At some point, I have to wonder if I'm the problem. Is it? It's you. Is it possible that I am the one that's wrong? <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely the kids. Definitely the kids who are wrong. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but before we get into more of that fun talk, uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. If you are interested in supporting the show and throwing us some of your hard-earned money, check us out over on patreon.com slash thepdhpod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually uh, almost a full-length uh, podcast episode worth of uh, us catching up for the week, uh, hot gossip, more infighting, all that sort of stuff. And we post it just on the Patreon page for our lovely uh, patrons only. You get early access to the episode before it goes live, usually the week before. I also post the show notes so you can sort of follow along and see what the heck we're actually talking about. And then finally, you get access to the PDH Pod Discord server where you can chat with us. Bobby's in there quite a bit. And uh, you can get help with your decks and hear about all that kind of good stuff. Just good conversation all around. And then lastly, check out our YouTube and our Twitch channels where the PDH Pod on both of those. And the latter is where I stream Spell Table PDH every Saturday uh, usually around 5 p.m. Central. So I think that cleans enough houses. Liam, what do you got for this week in Magic? Yeah, this week in Magic, we've got a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is there is a festival in a box for MagicCon Vegas that goes live tomorrow. And for those of you listening, Friday, that was yesterday. Yeah, good luck. It is it is notable because it is the first time that they are selling a festival in a box that contains a secret layer drop that is unique to the festival box. They've sold the festival boxes before uh, with and without the secret layers, but whenever they have contained a secret layer, they were available on the floor of the show. But the secret layer website indicates that this secret layer, the Dan Fraser secret layer, is unique to the festival in a box. Yep. So that's interesting. Doctor Who pre-orders are live. The, the, the individual decks have been live for quite a few months now, but the the deck bundle and the collector packs and all that jazz went live on a lot of websites this past week. More on that in a couple of weeks. Yep. Not Alcadron returns to Twitter after the being silent dun, dun, for dun. nearly three months. <laughs> they have resurfaced in time for Vegas, so this should yep. be interesting. With a promise that if... Uh... If found out at Vegas, they would admit to it, I believe. They would reveal themselves. Yes, I believe that was promised. I don't know. So we've all become little pauper private investigators I've... over the last few days. The Raven inspectors everywhere. Yeah, they're perfect. Look <laughs> at that. Uh, and then in sad news, uh, 
earlier this week, Sheldon Mannery, the godfather of EDH, uh, who had such an impact on the magic community, uh, unfortunately lost his battle with cancer. So, the good news is he no longer has to live with the pain. Sure. The bad news is the community lost a legend. Yep. Yeah, it was... It was weird, like, obviously it, like, hit me when it happened, and, you know, Twitter was all over it and everything, and then I Mm -hmm. I didn't really forget about it, but I didn't really think about it again until, like, just randomly today I was scrolling through Twitter, and, like, when someone is that much of a presence, you just, like, expect their uh, tweets or or whatever their posts to just, like, naturally show up in your timeline. Like, it occurred to me that I hadn't seen one of his, and it, like, brought it all back, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It was a very surreal moment, you know? Yeah. So... Yep, big time sad news. Yeah, partially responsible for you know why we're talking. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the influence that EDH as the format has had on Magic is partially why PDH has has taken off and become more organized in the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. yep, yeah, yep. So thanks for all that, Mister Minery. All right, maybe on to something a little bit cheerier. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think Bobby had something for this week in Magic, maybe. Oh, no, I just wanted to chime in here. You just wanted to be oh, able okay. to hop in. Yeah. I just wanted to feel included. You know. Sit, sit oh, okay. at the news desk okay. with Liam. This is That's my news desk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the main topic. The uh, This summer here, summer of 2023, was absolutely awesome for Popper Commander for our little format. We got some great new cards, different sets seems like there were sets every couple weeks or so. Uh, the community as a whole was really awesome about spreading the good word about the format. And then uh, we also had a bunch of outstanding high level, like super competitive tournaments that turned out, you know, they had awesome um, exposure, awesome turnout, all that sort of thing. I think we saw a few folks talk about local events on social media. I feel like I saw a couple people talk about, you know, send tweets about my LGS is running this popper commander thing, or I'm getting popper commander started and we're going to hold a tournament, you know, that kind of stuff. But we definitely wanted to highlight the more uh, well-known ones, I guess, like uh, Dallas Walker's rags to riches paper tournaments in Philly. Uh, I think there was, what did we decide? There was two of them this year in 2023. Is that right? Yeah, yes. two two this year, one last year. That's right. That's what it was. And then uh, since we got Bobby on, we're going to talk about the uh, Sanctuary PDH's open series and their tournaments and leagues and all that sort of thing. Uh, we've talked about being a competitive player and playing competitive decks before on the podcast, but tonight we sort of brought Mr. B Fine in to talk about how the competitive Popper Commander scene is evolving and sort of like the legwork or, or just kind of what goes into producing or being the tournament organizer for these high level events like i did kind of want to start off bobby i I don't remember if we addressed this in the in the last time you were on the show but did you when you got into popper commander did you immediately like just dive into the competitive scene or were you just like fondling with the format and then you decided to start running events because you liked that it had a competitive scene yeah i mean so depending on when you want to say i quote unquote started playing uh (laughs) <laughs> Popper Commander. You know, we talked in the pre-show a little bit about, you know, that blast from the past. Um, but in terms of, like, I guess my r- current uh, time in the format, uh, I kind of just dove right into competitive, um, admittedly. 
I yeah, I, I don't know. I like Tatiova, so like I played that sure, a lot at the beginning, sure, sure. and that naturally just you know lends itself to playing competitive games because no one wants to play against Tatiova in a casual game. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I start off in competitive, and I, it's actually amusing. One thing we may touch on a bit later, but now I've, I've got a hankering for some not competitive games. So <laughs> those are always fun. Well, we yeah. can help you out with I, this. Yeah, I, yeah. I might be able to help you out on some Saturday evening with just that. Yeah, we're on the street next Saturday or this Saturday. Yeah, this coming Saturday. I guess the uh, the day after this podcast hits the airwaves. But yeah, no, uh, definitely. Yeah, started as you know competitive. Um, I have followed like variants of Popper Commander for about a decade now. We found out, um, so that's exciting. You know, I I'd say I got involved like back in the format and like late last year, mm-hmm. and then you know I I was playing in good chunk, and then for whatever reason, uh, da- like I saw Dallas Walker's Rags to Riches, Riches to Rags. I keep saying it wrong. Um, event in Philadelphia in March. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll drive ten hours to go play a Popper Commander tournament. Like that's a normal person thing to do, <laughs> uh, and so I did. Yeah, and here we are. We uh, popper popper players, whether it's sixty card or PDH, we we will travel for our games. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I guess backstory. I like played, you know, plenty of competitive back back in the day, quote unquote, like standard, modern, all that stuff. So like the tournament stuff was always really fun, and I like that. I like the travel part of it. I like getting food at you know places I've never been before. Sure. So like, yeah, it just seemed like a really cool opportunity. <laughs> I was definitely given some weird looks when I said I drove 10 hours <laughs> at that event. So. Yeah, yep, same here. Well, you definitely have had some really good uh, competitive popper commander tournaments almost uh, like the last 11 or 12 months. And I know, Bobby, you've played in probably half of them or so, like some high-level ones. you kind of want to run us through what, we, what we've seen over the last almost year or so? Yeah, definitely. So like you said, you know, there's been a handful... You know, with the, I would say Dallas's, you know, richest to Ragsmith and Philly generally being like the biggest. Um, sure. RIW was pretty big, but it was like a one off thing yeah. uh, during the year. So um, still big, still awesome. Starting just dating back chronologically. Um, so about a year ago was the first richest to Rags, I believe, that Dallas hosted in Philadelphia uh, in October 23rd of last year. And uh, that, uh, Tournament was won by Elis Ilkor, um, which was, I would say, not a uh, you know known entity at the time. If such yeah, things sure. existed at the time, I think such things definitely existed, but I'm confident that it was not one of them. <laughs> That's yeah. Pe- people were <laughs> um, pe- the idea of a tier list was a, an idea that had been discussed at it at enormous like. Un- unfortunate length, uh, the, yeah. the, the discussions surrounding the tier list at that point. But like, Ilas Ilkor was not on any of the tier lists that I had seen. So yeah, and if I remember right, looking at Dallas's data breakdown, like there was, there are a handful of Tadiovas there. Um, so it was like you know talking about the infamous tier list. Uh, you know that was you know the one of the boogeymen forever, and yeah. you know it still showed up and. I believe it made the final table too. So, um, but yeah, so that was the first Richester Rags mm-hmm. event, and then in November of last year, uh, I think. Did we ever sell? That was the correct date, November nineteenth. That was the correct date. Yep. Okay, so uh, there was 
a budget CEDH event, I believe, in the Budget Brews Discord server. And while not quite PDH, a handful of PDH players playing proper commander lists in the tournament. And conveniently, uh, Puzzlebox was able to take it down with Gretchen. And I think the only non-popper cards Puzzle played were Ristic Study and Mystic Remora. Yeah. And he claims yep. to have never drawn or played them. So... <laughs> Whether that's true, I cannot confirm, but it must it must be true because he's been on that Gretchen list pretty much ever since. Yeah, no, Gretchen. You may see some notes about Gretchen here in a minute as well. So, Gretchen's yep. pretty good. Uh, so much so that in March, uh, the second Richest Rags event in Philadelphia, someone I guess uh, won with Gretchen as well, and their list was only a couple cards uh, different from puzzles. Uh, who, who was that? Who who won that one? Yeah, who, I, yeah. I guess who was that you, you just kind of glazed yeah, over that. Uh, someone by the name of B Fine, I heard. Um, so oh, we know that yeah. guy. No, uh, so that I, was. I, I, I I'm glad. Him. I'm glad you didn't say his name at first. I'm fighting with that guy, so we want to we want to minimize the positive publicity <laughs> he gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to name is like ashes in my I gotta mouth. trick you into saying nice things. Um, <laughs> But the one interesting note about that event in particular, and I know uh, Liam was at that event too, was that common backgrounds were legal, which is something that we also saw in the third, which is Tarags, we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, we looked at the data. No one had actually played any of the common backgrounds at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of surprising. Um, and what, I don't remember what you played, but you were there, right? Yes, I was there. I was on... Ethos one Sphinx, and I went one and three. Mm. I I won round two after taking it to time, and I won the game with six seconds on the clock. Still counts. I just oh yeah oh yeah. I, I distinctly remember <laughs> game, and I don't know if it was a real game or a fun game we played. But you took a huge beating on like turn two or three and just died from a gut player. Um, yeah, I think it was game two. I remember it was game three. It was game, game three. Th- game okay. three. I was on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're like, I just took 28 from gut. This game's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I died shortly thereafter. So, because I believe I was in that game. So. Uh, yes, that we we were in that game together. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Gut scary. Uh, and Viscopo Guildmage was scary. Spoilers. And and uh, uh, for the Gators out there who wonder why I hate gut so much, that's the game. <laughs> That, that, that's it right there. <laughs> There's a video that game right there. You can There's video evidence. You can pinpoint yeah. the exact moment the hatred for gut spawned. <laughs> like before that, I was like, "Oh yeah, gut's a good a, a good commander," but you know, I'll let the other yep. players deal with it. And then I wasn't in the game long enough, so <laughs> yeah. And Gretchen doesn't uh, play removal, so sorry about you. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that event was fun. Um, and then the next event was in May, and it was the first Sanctuary Open event. And Gator was able to take that one down with Abdel Sword Coast Sailor um, as his blue background of choice. Didn't lose a game on the day, if I recall. Um, he didn't. He 4-0'd it, which was wild. because yeah, I just steamrolled the whole event. Right, I was... That's the one I was commentating. So, like, that's the point where I sort of got involved in the competitive scene. And, like, watching him just, like, just steamroll one game after another. Like, the first the first couple games we watched him win, I was like, that seems cool. This is awesome. Let's go. And then when he's in the final and the other three players know he hasn't lost a game. And he's like, 
here's yeah. my combo. And they're like, okay, we'll stop the combo and then go back to killing each other and ignore you for a little while. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> wait, wait a second. <laughs> right. It was just wild to watch. Like that. I, I'm, th- there was definitely a lot of complicated decision making happening, but like, I feel like, I feel like Gator is dodging bullets out there. <laughs> yeah. Abdo's sure. now kind of one of those kill on site and like, make sure it's dead type commanders now. Right. Like yeah. I, I thought, Salt the I earth, thought it was yeah. always that, but like maybe, maybe I was. It probably the one deserved who didn't get the be, memo. but yeah, I, it probably did deserve the be. There is something about I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental thing, obviously, but there is something about Abdel decks that make you think they are slower than they actually are. So it makes you, yeah, it gives you like this false sense of security, like oh, I've got two or three turns to deal with that. When in reality, their next untapped step, you're dead. I was dabbling in the competitive scene still when abdel released and morgana mm-hmm. yep you charged into that scene with with her there her abdel blue deck and just steamrolled a couple games and like after morgana got away with it a couple times like everyone in that group of people was like okay kill abdel like don't let morgana do anything ever <laughs> she is the threat make sure nothing yeah. of hers resolves and then we play the rest of our game ourselves and like that was just sort of established and then like that that i think got so established that morgana stopped playing the game or stopped playing abdel for a little while like uh-huh. I think this is like the exact same thing that happened to Tatiova. Like Tatiova got Tatiova is such a powerful deck that it got this crazy reputation for being wildly successful and then everyone gang beats it in every single game that's in and it start it, it ends up with a very like unflattering game win percentage because it just gets yeah. 3v1 so consistently and then people stop playing it. Like reputation aside, I think that Tetiova is a more powerful engine than Gretchen, but I think Gretchen is the more popular and the more winning deck because it doesn't have that kill this player at on site no matter what kind of energy that Tetiova I think still does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Gretchen it also has to have be an O four on turn two. Right, so. Gretchen has a yeah. two mana O four <laughs> blocker that Tetiova doesn't have, so that right. helps. Uh, interesting notes about that tournament. I know. Um, no black commanders got played. None. The only thing I think there are menace skeletons from Gut. Um, that was the only card with a black color identity that showed up. And then uh-huh. there was a crazy number of Gretchens and Guts that uh, tournament. I, if I recall, like a third of the field was Gretchen. Or there like was. There was a like whole was ton of them. Oh, uh, it uh, it uh, suffered some a, a blow to its uh, win percentage that day, but. Still had one in the top four, I think, though. So well, and I think a lot of that is just because of the su- success that you and Puzzlebox had with Gretchen. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, yeah, so. it kind of it became a the new boogeyman of sorts. It just got a lot, it, you know, it gained notoriety just from you know putting up results. So, yep. Uh, and then after that, the next event was in June uh, in Livonia, the best event. Yeah, one of my favorite like events of all time, if not my favorite. Um, the RIW Hobbies Popper Commander 1K, where I got the privilege of meeting all of you fine gentlemen. That Heck was definitely yeah. my favorite event. As as did I. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. We may or may not have met not Alcadron. That's extremely unclear. Yeah, we're still <laughs> yeah. trying to figure that out. <laughs> I'd, I'd seem good. We have clues, but we don't even know if they're legitimate clues. We just have clues. Yeah, um, yeah no, that event was awesome. I think it was the biggest tournament so far. Uh, had like 44 people or something 
ridiculously yeah, awesome. I th- so I think that's the uh, yeah, it was forty four. Yeah, number to beat at the moment. Yeah, um, and Paul Scarecrow was able to take down the event with Viscopa. They didn't technically play at the finals, but he like just dominated the day. Had the best record at the end of the day. Oh my god, was, it was was Viscopa crazy. undefeated was awesome up until the finals, up until the split. I don't recall. I feel like it was. I could I feel be like wrong, it though. was too. That could be the case. If it was, you know, awesome. But I, I just don't remember. I was just scraping by trying to, you know, get some money with Floodgate. So, uh. look, all all I know is I absolutely stole a round one win I did not deserve, and then con- proceeded to just lose every game, <laughs> every single one. <laughs> yeah, I actually, Liam, we're not allowed to play in games together because we just both lose them. So. That's now Dang, uh, okay. that's a recurring theme because I believe we play. But it's I just like math. playing I mean, games. That, that, with you. Check, that checks okay, out. We can do it when there's not like you know prizes on the line. That's what the Saturday streams yeah. are for. Okay, okay, I can I can live with that. <laughs> but yeah, no, Viscopa Guildmade showed you know it was a powerhouse. Viscopa also, it's an interesting deck. I know you guys have talked about it before, and but it it uh it was in the top four of the March Riches to Rags as well, and was the second seed going into the finals. So it's not like it was you know. It shouldn't have been off people's radar, um, but it was. So yeah, and then yeah. following that, the next one was uh, in August. We had two in August. Uh, the first one was August twelfth, the second Sanctuary tournament. Um, Gator's daughter took that one down um, with Dargo and Kedis. Just like bullied, B- beat Gator in the final table, yeah. final round. Apprentice became the master. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, like handily too. It was. It, it wasn't impressive. close. It was yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was there was no oh she's my daughter I'm allowed to win like it was no it was it was no it was it ruthless was it was ruthless it was good bloodthirsty like yep no and just completely bullied people like yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember a turn where you know I think uh, Ankylosaur was playing Gretchen and like she was just like well, I guess I'm gonna attack you like so just no non so nonchalant about like just savagely just like beating everyone's face just ripping in. people apart <laughs> yep yeah no that one was awesome and then that you know there was no abdul at that event but it was kind of a smaller event so not necessarily surprising and then the most recent event was the third riches to regs um on august 27th and that was taken down by uh ross b uh on third path iconoclast um a combo variant of the deck i know there's a whole whole host of different flavors of third path iconoclast but and ross uh ross actually made the top four of the march one as well on the same list i don't know how similar but playing tpi so that was interesting um that event again common backgrounds were legal only two people including myself uh took the opportunity to play it and they were both abdel plus candle keep sage and then that event was also interesting because there was a bounty uh, placed by someone in the local community where the top finishing Orzov player, uh, we get like an additional prize. So yeah. when looking at the decks, That's it awesome. was very, it was it was really cool, but it definitely skewed a lot of uh, the decks we looked at. There was, I think there sure, were like six sure. Elisil cores, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like there were some Abdo. Well, not, yeah. only, not only did it skew the decks, but it also would have skewed like play patterns. Like if there was another Orzov in your pod, you wanted to take them out. Like Right. Yeah, you want to target them first, maybe not even like consciously, just to get that prize. Yeah, so that was that was an interesting twist. Um, 
but yeah, no, the the finals were cool because Ross and I were in the finals of the last one, so it was cool. Like, I think in round two or three, three of us who were in the finals at the March one were all paired against each other, and we're like, oh, this is great. Nice. Can't wait for this. So, yeah, TPI is such an interesting deck. Like, I feel like it's one of those that could have. And it, it may, it may have, but it could have like an entire Discord server dedicated to just working on that deck. Yeah, there, there's just so many different ways you can go about winning. I know mid range yeah. is a very popular one. Uh, I think there's a banishing that combo variant floating around. Ross was on ghostly flicker combo. Because when I played sixty card popper, there was a there was a blue white familiars discord there was a tortured existence discord like there was all these very you know deck specific discords where people were just constantly working on that archetype and i feel like i don't like that you're reading my tpi is another right one now, but go ahead oh <laughs> yeah i just feel like tpi is one of those decks that could be just constantly being worked on yeah and it really i think it depends on you know how you like to play too like all of them are perfectly capable of winning uh it's one of the decks that i think is you know most flexible or most one of the commanders that's most flexible and it isn't as like clear cut on what it's doing when you sit down across from it so yeah yep so and then that leads us to you know the next event coming up um which i'm happy to announce for the first time a pdh pod exclusive what i want that give give me the sweet sweet info (laughs) Yeah, so the next Sanctuary Open Series Tournament. So it is going to take place on Saturday, November 4th, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we want to help accommodate some some of the non-United uh, States folks, mainly the non-East Coast folks, even though I am an East Coast folks. Um, <laughs> well, Midwest, I guess, but Eastern Time Zone. So start getting a little bit later start. Basically the same setup as last time. It'll be about $16 to enter. Uh, basically, it's like $15 plus whatever processing fees get added to that. Yeah, and then prizes, you know, those will just be, you know, money based on how many people show up. Yeah. Yeah, and then I believe a few other people here are, are going to be in attendance in that in some way, shape, or form. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think we're going to bring back Derek and I for some commentating and uh, have Al up in the booth with us, too. What do you think, Dave? I am super bummed that I couldn't commentate the last Sanctuary, Sanctuary 2. Uh-huh. I like badly want to get back into commentating. Especially after you I'm saved the so day fun. on the first one. The, the first one was so much fun. I loved doing that. I just want more of that to happen. Yeah. I don't want to play CPDH because like having to make decisions is mind but like being able to criticize everyone else's decisions yes, is amazing being able to talk about other people's decisions right it's, just, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. i need more of that in my life yes 100 percent. and then it's yeah blast. and then do you guys happen to know any judges that may be available that weekend by chance no anyone mm. no uh, let me break out the calendar let me oh hey Liam's let me here. check real quick oh wait yeah liam oh. is a judge <laughs> Yeah, Hello. let me check. Uh, when is it? It's uh, November fourth, right? Yes, sir. Saturday, November fourth. Dang, I've got I've got something in my calendar here already. It's called uh, Sanctuary Three, oh. judging. Oh. oh, oh, looks like I'm already doing it. Huh? Oh wait, yeah, look, you're already penciled huh. in. Perfect. I wonder who put that there. Yeah, a mystery. Bobby <laughs> snuck into your calendar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no mystery. Uh, super excited to have you guys all help out. Uh, you know, I can never. 
I told you last time, I'll tell you every time, you know, you guys helping out makes my life so much easier on those days. And hopefully you guys, I mean, it sounds like you guys enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, we're happy to do it. Absolutely. Anything that helps promote it, get the word out there, get more players in, like, it's just, it's a blast. And like, what does it take on our end other than just talk about the highest level of PDH playing that there is? I mean, that's all we got to do. Yeah, it's, not, it's a fun way to spend a Saturday. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other big, big quote unquote news I have is that, um, we are, I I don't have the full details yet, but by the time this episode comes out, there'll be a link. All the details will be there. It'll be great. The next sanctuary league is going to be happening, um, here in October slash maybe like the last, you know, few days of September, it'll start kickoff. Uh, But the idea, you know, building on the last one, everyone will play two rounds on a Saturday at a given time. At the end of the league period, I'll do some fun math and figure out who, you know, the top performers were based on some number of the weeks. We're going to give people a little bit of leeway because making it every week, you know, for a month is maybe not the most realistic. Yeah. People have plans. People have stuff that comes up. But yeah, figuring that out. And then the last week will just be the finals. And uh, yeah, there'll be prizes, um, exact prizes to be determined. But one thing I know for sure is that the winner is actually going to get to play in the the tournament for free. So, oh, yeah, and some incentive to you know get people get people playing the league and playing more and practicing for the tournament. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably worth it right there. Yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome. Because yeah, what, yeah. what's what's the what's the fee again to participate in the league? Uh, oh, by the way, that's uh free. Free dollars. Free. Oh, yeah. Free dollars. Free dollars. Free Zero dollars. dollars. So, so what you're saying is people could participate in a in a league for free to get practice for an upcoming tournament, and then if they win the league, they get to play in the tournament for free as well. Yeah, you get to play magic for oh. also zero dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You get to play magic like you're probably going to do on a Saturday anyway, and then right. Also, get prizes for it if you do well. So you could just free roll that into a yeah. tournament victory. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wow. I badly want to do one of these leagues because they sound awesome. I just don't want to do it in September, October. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, same. So, I, I like. I want to play competitively like a tiny bit mm-hmm. because those sure, games are here. are enjoyable. They are fun. I just October is such a bad time that's, for me. That's fair. The, the beauty, the school year, like the school year is starting. I'm still getting into a rhythm. Like, like, yeah, uh, yeah. September and October are so rough. Well, the, the beauty is because it's free. If you happen to find yourself, and you can come and go as you please, you know, you don't have to play every week. Like I said, you know, even if you guys just want to play in games on a Saturday randomly, you know, just jump in. Like, yeah, you may not finish in the top, whatever, but still just. Free competitive games to play, so, and we'll have live streams yeah, of that. So, if you don't, if you don't finish in the top, whatever, you can still hop into a game, kill whichever player you think is really annoying, and make sure that <laughs> they don't finish in the top eight either. That's there you go. That that's seems a little rude. I don't, but... I, I don't know if I can condone <laughs> that behavior. Uh, I, I don't know that we should condone the behavior either. That that's the hero we deserve. Alk is just asking for me to like attack him with everything, every game. <laughs> Alk's asking All the time, to like, yeah. get banned from the sanctuary server. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way, to, way to not follow the sportsmanship rules, Alk. Jeez. Gosh, now, with these, Alk. With these leagues, are they? Because I haven't done an actual like pauper commander league. Yeah. Are they? You know, every Saturday from September 30th to October 20th, is it the 
it's a different you could play a different deck every week yeah so last right? time i just let people do whatever they want deck list wise um but then that was kind of lame in terms of trying to get some type of data out of it um and you know we're all about helping the cpdh guide so uh, okay and what yeah. i'm gonna have is basically once you you're gonna submit your deck list every week and you'll be logged into that deck list for two games um, and then, you know, you can switch it up the next week. You can switch it up in the finals, you know, whatever. But yeah, that way there's, you know, some consistency to the data, at least week to week. And some, like, tracking that can be done. So Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious about that. But yeah, exact date and time, or, you know, exact times and everything. Uh, I'll have that all ready to go Friday. And I believe Brad is going to do his magic with links and stuff. Or some maybe Liam, whoever does it. Whoever does the magic. Yeah. Uh, that's all, Brad. Okay. That's all. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever uh, links you want to throw me, I'll put them in the uh, show details. And even if it's rel- you know, after the show releases publicly, I can still go back in and edit the show details and put them in there. So you don't absolutely have to have them to me tomorrow night. Yeah. Or and we'll be spamming it, you know, Twitter, Reddit. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Everywhere. Nowhere. But, um, but yeah, so that's those are my exciting announcements for upcoming tournaments and competitive play. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. I know that I mean, I know that you have sort of like taken over this role of tournament organizer. Like I think you've even made yourself a name this whole Sanctuary PDH series. Um Be Fine is is sort of like known now as this tournament organizer a lot of people look forward to your events and kind of what i said earlier what i mentioned earlier when i see people talk about on twitter or wherever it is you know whatever social media site it is where they're like oh you know i had six people show up for the lgs and we played pdh and we were thinking about getting an event together and tournament and this and that what actually goes into running not just a tournament but specifically a four player pod like commander style tournament definitely a lot i mean i know that's probably like a series of episodes because <laughs> that's like a whole thing in of itself but yeah no like how, how did you go about it you know you just woke up one day and said i want to you know i love popper commander i want to run some events like how did you take those those steps to make it a reality yeah so like i said you know i love tournaments when i was you know playing standard playing modern like that experience was just really fun so then going to the fir- or second Riches to Rags event, like, kind of like that rekindled, that kind of fire or however you want to, whatever cliche you want to sure, use. Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. And at that time, I don't know how long Mox Masters had been going on. That's a that's an online CEDH event. Um, and the Chaos Tournaments are another one. Um, but they had been doing online CEDH tournaments that were kind of taking off. And so I was like, okay, like... Were those also spell table? Yeah, they all use spell table. Um, okay, and so oh, and that's one thing I I don't know if you wanted to mention it in your, I know in the tournament I don't know about your oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sanctuary PDH leagues, but they are paper decks over webcam, no moxie yeah. lists, correct? Yeah. So for the tournament, um, and we may touch on this, you know, in an effort to minimize cheating as best you can when talking about webcam gameplay, paper decks are what you got to use. So webcam paper deck for the tournament. You can use proxies as long yeah. as they're, you know, you can tell what the card is. You know, don't Sharpie it. Print out a proxy. You can go print a deck sure. at FedEx for, you know, seven bucks or something. But, um, <laughs> I, I mean, and decks are just generally, like, not terribly expensive. But, yeah, so that's why, you know, paper decks for the tournament. For the league, though, I don't, you know, 
I don't care. There's not as much on the line. It's free to play. Oh, okay, cool. Um, cool so yeah, cool, so people cool. can use spell table. Um, I think we had a few people use spell table at the last one multiple times. So yeah, that that's cool. It's nice because that you know you can tell what the cards are. There's still plenty of yeah. opportunity for you know whatever bad behavior, but you know I would like to think that people aren't going to do that in a, a free to play game. So yeah, for sure. No, so I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just know we didn't talk about it, and I wanted to make sure we got that information. Yeah, no, that's definitely good. And that'll all be explained in all the you know fun links and stuff, too. So, Yeah. Uh, no, so the combination of going to the, the Richest Rags in Philly in March, kind of following along the Mox Masters and what Eminence Events was doing and Chaos Tournaments were doing, I was like, we're already all playing on Spell Table anyway. We're already all in these discords. Like, this just makes sense, so let's do it. Easier... To have that idea than to carry it out. So that means like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, how hard can it be? Just make a server. Yeah. Boom. Good to go. Yeah. Click a few buttons and bam, the tournament's done. Yeah. Not yeah. quite. Not so much. So there's, you know, uh, we can go into it in, ver- in various levels of detail. But the uh, first thing was getting like the infrastructure set up. You know, the, like I said, there's a Discord server uh, where people, there are people playing fun games right now in there as we speak. Where all the league games happen, that's where all the tournament games happen. That's where we have the commentary booth. Getting that set all up was a lot of work. Getting the rules set up was a whole nother issue, you know. Now, if if Sanctuary PDH were to run a, you know, pick an LGS and run a paper event, like, would you still run, like, the pairings and all that stuff through your Discord? Or how would you, yeah, so, how would that work? You know what I'm saying? For, like, someone that doesn't, isn't on Discord or whatever, but they want to run an event, like, is that the easiest way to do it? I know there is different types of software. Maybe Liam knows as well. Yeah. Um, to do the pairings and all that sort of <laughs> Liam thing. Liam likes but. paper match slips. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so. Same here. Multiplayer competitive magic is a relatively, like, new phenomenon. Like, you know, yes. four-player games. Like, there's been, like, two-head giant or whatever. But those are easy because they're just one team versus another team. Um, yeah. So, uh, Monarch Events, which is another, like, CDH tournament organizer, um, they made supplements to, like, the official magic rules that outline kind of different things that come up in multiplayer games that wouldn't come up in 1v1 games. Conceding, you know, when you can concede because it impacts, you know, more than just you. You know how to resolve you know various disputes there's rules about sportsmanship you know not that you know those already exist in the rules anyway but they kind of build upon those yeah so like figuring out the rules is interesting um especially when you're talking you know we talked earlier about the rigid strikes how common backgrounds were allowed and when you're talking you know opera commander rule zeros you know and edh and pdh everything like you gotta there's no rule zero in tournaments you can't leave that up to you know people deciding to the players Um, (laughs) she's got to pick some rules and hold fast to them um you know liam can attest to it you know there's there's weird stuff that happens when you're you know doing an online tournament as opposed to a paper tournament you know liam i'll let you talk about kind of your experience judging the last sanctuary event but on the um like the rule zero stuff you sort of touched on like if you're going to run an event and you're gonna have you know like like dallas did where they made the common backgrounds legal in the command zone for this tournament. If you're going to do anything like that, or if you're going to unban Ristic and Mystic for this event only, like make sure that is well known to yeah. the public. Like it would feel really bad to show up and not be prepared at all, or to have known that you could have used those cards and you didn't. So any little change like that, because the the 
TDH community is just it's international. We all sort of like understand what the what the rules are and the deck construction rules and all that. So if you're gonna make any sort of variance, any sort of change, like just make sure that is that everyone knows about it, basically. Yeah, because they can be they can be game warping very very easily. Yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, and Liam, I'll ask you in a second. But uh, I realized I ignored part of your question, Brad. It was like setting up the pods and everything. Uh, Eminence events. Another uh, CDH event organizer. They run the Mox Master series. They run a whole bunch of in-person paper CDH events. Some of like the biggest ones, like you know, the Cookout, the Silicon Dynasty over on the West Coast. All of these. Oh, all these. okay. I have heard of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they actually developed their own tournament organizer software called Command Tower. Now it's mm-hmm. on TopDeck.gg. But awesome, awesome, awesome event. It it takes into account a lot of things that like. Uh, what used to be Wizards Event Reporter. I don't know what Wizards calls their stuff anymore. But it it, it does some waiting for like seat position. It doesn't want people to play in seat one the whole time. It doesn't want people playing in seat four the whole time. So it waits yeah. some stuff there. Um, it pairs. It lets you choose between like you know giving buys to the low pod, pairing into five pods, pairing into three pods. Just all these various things that. Don't come up in 1v1 magic. But it's awesome. Right. Everyone can view it. It does a round timer. You post a link and everyone can go view their pairings. Uh, you can self-submit match results. Um, you can submit deck lists. Uh, it's, I mean, it's an awesome software. It's like $5 a month, I think, right now. So Yep, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Um, yeah, exactly right. But just super awesome. They have a Discord full of guys. I've talked to them plenty. They're like constant, like they'll make changes for you on the fly. And like you give them feedback, so... Um, they're working to make it not just for multiplayer commander, you know, events. They, you can use it for popper. You can use it for, uh, you know, standard, modern, pioneer. You know, any. I, I even think they use it for flesh and blood, and maybe oh, wow. more canon now. So, um, yeah, they're just building a new tournament software from the ground up, and it's it's. I mean, it's awesome in my opinion. So sure. As far as like judging and like the rules and everything, Liam, like, how do you feel like? When you were judging the last event, what stood out to you as like being different from traditional tournament magic? Whew. Uh, there's a couple of different things. Uh, the one is definitely a lack of paper match slips, but that is that is paper match slips is a big thing because a lot of tournament organizers I know will still kind of use them as like an official record that needs to be kept in the event that the tournament software crashes. But when yeah. we report mm-hmm. matches through Discord, that's kind of a similar-ish thing. I haven't seen it yet, but disputing matches that get reported in Discord, right? Like, like I, I haven't seen any issues with, with that yet. Like, whenever someone reports a match, you know, everyone likes it or, or comments on it. It's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Whereas disputing a, a paper match slip is, is a whole problem in and of itself that I won't get into. <laughs> like he said, so he for, said, she said. Yeah, basically. basically. So like end of round stuff is is beautiful, uh, handled well. You can you can tag all the players, you know, tell them turns is over. You don't have to shout at the top of your lungs uh, for the entire day, which is amazing. So there's, there's that. Player announcements, again, like I said, you don't have to shout at the top of your lungs. You're not shouting over other people uh, in an event hall or even just in a large game store. Like you, you can just talk at your normal voice. Everyone can hear you. Uh, so from from a a judge's perspective, it's it's much nicer. Also, watching magic. So so that's the thing is like when once you've delivered the announcements and the tournament starts, a judge's job really is to watch other people play magic until you know the blood curdling call across the room of judge, <laughs> and 
in this case, in in you know in in Paper Magic, I can't watch every single match all the time. You know, especially in in large scale tournaments where there are hundreds of matches and you have multiple judges. Like even if you have multiple judges, you can't watch every single match all the time. Digital, right? I was able to you know hog the Wi Fi for the day, and I had all four matches up on my screen. Now, you know, granted, was I catching every little mistake that was probably being made? No, absolutely not. Were pods pretty good at self-policing until they needed a judge? Absolutely they were. Uh, yeah, and, it seemed like it. And the moment they needed a judge, you know, they called the, the judge role on Discord, and I was there ready to, to hop in and focus on their game for a couple minutes. But from from an overall experience, I would say nearly every aspect of judging from a, a physical standpoint of of watching magic and not shouting at the top of my lungs all day is <laughs> is better. I'd say the only one that that is worse would be the sitting down for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> versus being on my feet for eight hours. I would much rather be on my feet for eight hours than sit down for eight hours. Um yeah, standing totally. desk. So I think Boom. I, I think for this next one I'm gonna have to figure something out. Like like I'm I'm gonna have to. Um, cause my butt was a little numb after the last one. <laughs> did you find it pretty seamless? Like if someone did have a question, you just hopped in, yeah. and, you know, hopped in and out of the games, talked to everybody. And then, you know, it wasn't like super intrusive or anything like from the, yep. from like mine and Derek's perspective, you were just there and then you weren't like, it seemed like it was yep. very streamlined. Yeah, no, it was, it was very easy to, to hop between games and, and listen in and, and, you know, get perspectives and deliver a ruling and all that. Yeah. And then did you have you said you were watching all four games at once or four tables at once? Mm-hmm. Did you have audio for all four of them? Uh no. Or how does that work? Okay. So okay. so because I can only have audio for one table at a time. Oh, that I would makes have sense. to I would have yeah, to yeah. hop into the voice chat for that. Yeah. That but I could sense. I could okay. visually see all four tables at once, which for a tournament that scale is perfect. Now I imagine, you know, if, if the next tournament is is double the size, right, there's no way I'm gonna be able to have all eight games at once. Sure. Yeah. But I could potentially have eight tabs open. Yeah. And so, you we'll know. see why not. Yeah. Well, let's hope it comes to that. Yeah, I would love to have a double the size <laughs> tournament, but I would love to see a double the size tournament. I would yeah, I would love fantastic. to see before the next RIW. I want to see either a sanctuary or a rags to riches break the 42 mark, 44. What are, 44. Yeah, 44. I want to see yep. one of them break 44. I want to see one of them hit 45. Yeah. That'd be awesome, except for the awkward, you know, pairing situation that would come about from that. But but <laughs> oh, otherwise, well, I agree. Okay, so what's the next four? 48? Yeah. Yeah, let's hit 48. Yeah, 48. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and all the um, all the tournament math and everything, that's all through that software. Yeah, that's right? so nice. Yeah, it tracks <laughs> opponent yeah. math, percentage, I, all that. I'm decent at math. Like, I get some things. I understand things. But tournament math, just count me out. Yep. Like, nope. I don't even get it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's that's what computers are for. <laughs> yeah, they make yeah. it. That software makes it so easy. Like, you have to like tinker around with it and learn it to know what you're getting into. But once you get it figured out, sure, easy. They even recently added payment processing, which I got just in time for the last tournament. So oh like, wow, nice! To like finagle with people, sending you PayPal, all them Venmo. Like, no, it's just an all-in-one yeah. software service, whatever they call it. So, yeah, um, and it sounds pretty customizable too. Like, if you wanted to, you know, you could run a tournament with eight or 12 of your buddies and just be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to ban these 10 cards for the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I've used you it do for kind of whatever you want to. Yeah. I've used it just for like the FNM games we do. 
because um, it gives a timer and it's a universal timer so everyone can look at it. They have a hub where you can post your events that you have in that software to the hub so everyone can just scroll through and see, oh, look, this, this CDH tournament's happening near me, this PDH tournament's happening near me or online or whatever. So really cool tool they have um, and website. And like, I mean, I'm sure it's going to continue and change and improve over time, but it it's awesome. So huge shout out to Eminence and their command tower software so yeah sounds awesome i would i do want to say kind of getting back to the rules thing you know we talked about how tournaments are like a new phenomenon in the pdh community and it's kind of led to some you know we talked about the rule zero component you know Mm -hmm. um there's some other like rules considerations that really kind of change what people play how people play you know one thing uh timed rounds are not something that need to happen outside of tournament play Uh, oh for sure you know we've talked at length about the the days of old with three plus hour pods that were just four tatiobas beating (laughs) each other with shoreline rangers and all that fun stuff um yeah but if you do that you get a draw and that's not good for anyone people are building next are a lot more focused on winning timely playing faster one thing as i've kind of seen in the various tournaments i've played in and you know run now like mid range is in a weird spot where they end up drawing most of the time, not most of the time, but of the draws that happen, it's usually involving mid range decks because it's just attrition wars. We've also seen like skews towards combo players as a result. You know, you don't have to worry about killing three people if you just kill everyone at the same time. Um, right. <laughs> so that's just simple math right there. Yeah. The other thing, you know, in addition to like the time round things or as a result of that, Extra turns are a thing, um, and I've now been to a handful of tournaments, and they've almost all had different turn extra turns rules. And I'm still not sure which one's the best, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. I get RIW in the most recent, which is Tarags. They had, you know, at the time round was called they count the number of active players left, and there's that many turns left in the game. So there's if everyone's left, everyone gets one more turn, but Say right, and it's not turn cycles; like it's just yeah, turns. individual player turns. Um, yeah, and one interesting note there is, say, so say the game, you know, time is called. It's turn one, player one's turn. Say player one kills player two on turn one, like their turn zero, effectively. Um, that player two's turn still happens; it just continues in order. So player one essentially just bought another turn. Um, it really only benefits the player who's like active at the time rounds. Uh, round time is called. It's kind of a weird. Is that just to just ensure that everyone left at the table gets one more draw step, basically one more turn? Yeah, I don't. You know, it's weird in multiplayer because you know turns can take forever in PDH, regardless of sure. you know if it's one or whatever. Um, so I'm not sure like the justification would find that. I don't particularly care for that rule. Um, but I also don't know what's best. Like I, the way I had the sanctuary, when time is called, the active player finishes their turn and it's done. You know, it, it's kind of anticlimactic, but it s- saves the awkward, like drawn out extra turns. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, both situations can lead to like some awkward play as time nears. Like people may play slower or faster. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some awkwardness to it, uh, which is really like the part where I don't know the best way to fix it. So. That's something I'm kind of like keeping an eye on over time, and that rule may change over time. But for now, I'm just sticking with the wrapping it up uh, on the active players. Yeah, and I think 
I think that rule will change and evolve just as much as the players, just as much as the meta does. So, other thing, this kind of ties back into rule zero. Competitive tournament play is way different than playing with friends, right? You're, um, if people haven't played tournament magic before, they may be in for like a semi rude awakening the first time something happens. People aren't as inclined to, you know, let you take something back. Uh, if you miss a trigger, you miss a trigger. You know, you really need to know how your deck works what triggers your deck is putting on the stack what all your deck does and like be able to like talk through it um yeah and that's it doesn't come up that often and i say people won't let you take stuff back there's still plenty of stuff that, that happens if the table's cool with it like you know well there's just so much to keep track of in a four-player game yeah and you know especially you know once you get past like turn six and the every play mat is just full of cards like <laughs> yeah there's gonna be some stuff going on yeah so there, there's you know it depends table to table but um yeah i mean that happens the you know the pdh community on on the whole great people super friendly people so you know I've had situations at a table where we just like had a table vote on whether a person let the trigger happen or not. Um, I might have been the bad guy that said no, and everyone else said yes. So I looked like, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. But oh, there's that kind of stuff. Is that why you and Dave are fighting? Did you did you shoot down his vote, his, his trigger? <laughs> did you vote no on Dave's trigger? Is that, is that what started the fight? <laughs> I, you know, Dave just needs to know how to play his deck. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I would I would honestly be a much better Magic player if I knew how to read it's consistently a problem yeah same here same here so like those are just like interesting like things that come up in tournament specific play that don't happen when you're just playing for fun games with friends at home or on discord or whatever because uh, for the most part like you're i all the I, I haven't i wasn't like a tournament grinder or anything but i've been to my handful of actual like paid events you know tournament events and it has always impressed me, like, how hyper-focused some of my opponents have been. Yeah. Like, you just kind of have to expect that your opponents, even at a pauper commander table, if it's a tournament, if there are you know, prizes on the line, like, they are going to be absolutely attentive to everything going on and very focused on the game. Yeah. I mean, it's... And that's exhausting <laughs> over a full day, too. Like... I don't know how everyone else felt at the end oh, of RIW, sure. but I was tired. Like, I, I assume you guys were tired of talking. Yeah. So. Like, and I thought Never. of it ahead of time. Like, I kind of decided, like, if they needed another player, I would hop in. If they were short or something, I would play the tournament. I had a list of decks. Like, okay, if I end up playing this tournament, I'm going to play these decks because they're some of my fastest. Yeah. Like, I don't want to bring Golgari. I don't want to bring Orzov, something that's going to take to time for eight rounds or whatever. Like, I don't want to be exhausted when we leave here. So Right. So... But that is something that happens. And then, yeah, that's something people are taking into account when they're choosing decks, too. So, um, like, that that has been, like, the extent of, like, you know, the format moving to tournaments, or not moving, but incorporating tournaments. Um, sure. The one, like, other thing that's not so fun to talk about when you're talking webcam play, you know, cheating. Cheating happens in paper. Cheating happens in webcam play. It's a lot harder to stop in webcam play. Um Especially when there's like technical difficulties that happen, we've seen it recently. You know, see, there's been numerous cheaters banned in the last few CEDH online tournaments, Mox Masters, Chaos. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like not the most optimistic thing about this all, um, but it it just you know, it just means you got to be you know that extra level of vigilant. Watch people what people are doing. 
you know, I want to, I want to assume everyone is, you know, acting in honest and, you know, with uh, good intentions. So sure. sure. But, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, when all we have are cameras, like if technology fails, like your screen goes dark for however long, like it's tough to, you know, it's just really tough when there's money online or people are playing, like paying money yeah. to enter a tournament. So, yep. Yeah. But. Being over webcam, it's, there's a lot of faith being placed in the other players. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm okay with, like, I'm, I'm like you, Bobby. I'm just, I automatically assume that, no one is cheating and it's going to be a fair game or whatever, but you just have to kind of mentally or whatever, just be prepared in case it happens. Yeah. And like, I have a, a list of on the, the website and then all the rules, like, Hey, like watch for your opponents doing these things. Like, you know, there are rules that there, you know, you have to like shuffle up and present your deck in three piles and your opponents tell you how to stack it. So like there's some like safeguards built in that are pretty unique to webcam. Cause then, you know, paper, you just cut your opponent's deck. So there's some, but it's, you know, it is inevitable. I feel like when you're playing for prizes, anything that someone will try to, yeah, you know, do that. So uh, as far as what goes in a tournament, you know, that the rules, the, you know, we talked about the infrastructure. We talked about, you know, you guys, like the team that you had to put together to like make sure it all goes smoothly. Like when you want to have commentary, you got to have a judge, you know, uh, Alk <laughs> saved the day the first one. When I was like, sure. oh, yeah, I could just do everything wrong. I was so wrong. Um, and then, you know, tagging you and Derek in on the second one. Um, Liam judging, you know, it's it takes a lot more people than I initially gave credit. Um, yeah, it's a lot of, like, administration work. Yeah. Honestly, like, it's a lot of stuff going on on the back end. Like, once you once round one starts and the tournament's off and run in, like, I don't want to say it's smooth sailing after that, but 97% of the work has already been done. The tournament is just finishing out everything you've done up to that point. Yeah. We talked about the CPDH guide. You know, I, I made sure I like I'm saving deck lists and recording data, recording turns. Like, so even like throughout the day, there is some, but it slows down so much more than getting it kicked off. Um, but that, that lead up is very <laughs> stressful. So, yeah. And if you're, and I used to hold like little, you know, like fan run event, you know, or player run event for 60 card popper on MTGO. And, you know, they were just, they, there's a lot going on. Like you can't, you can't just like, and it was through a different website that had their own software or whatever. It was open yeah, to the Gallery public and stuff. Right. And it was, yeah. it was, uh, no, this was on actually through a Brazilian okay. MTG content website. And they were awesome, like huge, huge popper players awesome. and stuff. Uh, I was in pretty good with them. And it's it's not just like okay countdown one second zero the tournament starts like there like you were saying like there was constant upkeep and maintenance and stuff to do on the back end and there's always something going on like there's no like downtime really when you're running a tournament whether it's six people or forty eight people like there's always something going on always something you got to keep track of and it's it helps just to stay on top of it or if you can somehow like stay you know, one step ahead if that's possible. So definitely lots, lots that go into it. If, I mean, I don't know if anyone listening wants to start a tournament, but like I, I someone reached out at some point to, uh, I think clay and asked him, they pointed in my direction. I'm happy to talk about this stuff. Cause I'm still learning. Like, I'm not going to lie. Dallas Walker and I talked about it at the last richest rags. Like, you know, just asking questions about, you know, what, what, what did you do and stuff like that. 
Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just as much as we're like a big community of players, there's a lot of people just like Bobby and Dallas that are a community of tournament organ organizers. So yeah, definitely reach out, ask questions. Like everybody has to start from somewhere, and I think it's a really great. I don't know. I I like the idea of people. You know, oh, I want to do this at my LGS, and you know the 12 people that show up for popper commander every weekend at my shop, you know, I want to do a tournament. Like, I love that. It's this like, I don't know, grassroots <laughs> sort of like yeah. movement. And it's just really cool to me. It's very uh, heartening to see. Yeah. And I, like, I would love more paper tournaments, whether they're small, large, like RIW was awesome. The richest drags were awesome. Yes. Like getting to meet like you guys getting to meet various other people in the community that, you know, have just been usernames for so long. <laughs> uh, like, it's good for the format. It's getting, like, you know, when you're talking tournaments happening at, like, local places, you're getting people who may not normally play, but they're like, oh, my shop's holding a tournament. Let me throw something together. And then people yeah. show up, and they're like, oh, there's, like, this whole thing online. Like, let me let me get in there and play some more. I think that has been, like, a really awesome phenomenon. Like, I mentioned uh, Ankylosaur David earlier. He... Uh, did some work with Aaron at Street Urchin at RIW. And since then, it's mm -hmm. just been like all over the servers. And it's awesome. Like, so I, I love that. I love what it does for growing the format, getting new people active in the online communities. I would love to, you know, eventually organize an in person event, like a, a PDH con of sorts or. Like, sure, it'd be awesome. Well, I think I think the pals, the pals have trademarked that name. Oh, uh, we, uh... we've talked. Me and the pals are in talks. Uh, Okay. But no, I, yeah, oh, I mean, oh, so that means Eric's hosting. No, no comment. Oh. We initial talks. <laughs> the idea has been thrown out. Well, I'll leave it there. But um, nice. But yeah, no, like I want more in-person events because then I get something to go to. I don't get to play in the events I put on. So you know, right? There's yeah. that. Component yeah, and too. don't. I tried it once with one of the tournaments I ran. Like, don't think if you're short, like a player, don't think. Oh well, I'll just fill in as as a tournament player and run the event. Like that's just a recipe for disaster. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I could not play in the tournament and try to run it at the same time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want the appearance of like, you know, impropriety or anything like, you know, I, yeah, people well, are submitting deck too, lists for sure. to me. So like technically oh, I could yeah, look at them. Like <laughs> I'm not, but like I could, um, I, I am just as surprised when I see all the deck lists around one, um, as anyone else, you know, I, I gave you guys access to the sheet so you can see who's playing what, but, Oh, I want, I, you know, I would love p more people doing tournaments online or in person, both. Because um, I, I think they're a lot of fun. And I think, I mean, you all, based on, you know, RIW feedback, whether, you know, you were commentating or playing, like, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a blast. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like these high level tournaments. Granted, you know, I don't think we need one every single weekend or I, I don't know, maybe if the, the demand is there, then maybe we do need them every weekend. But I think they're super good for the format as a whole. I feel like for really any format to survive, it needs to have some sort of competitive outlet, you know, whether the competitive the competitive uh, body of the community is the majority or the minority. I think it still needs some sort of outlet for the format to thrive, for it to get exposure, because regardless of how you feel about being super competitive in tournaments and all this grinding and all this sort of stuff, like there are people that absolutely just love it. There are people that will try out new formats because it has a competitive scene. Like there just is a certain, um, 
spot in Popper Commander for tournaments and for the competitive scene. And I just think I think we need it. I think the it, it's a healthier format now that we have those things available to us. Yeah, and I, I think it does a little bit to like eliminate the stigma. I feel like sometimes there's like a you know a competitive versus you know not competitive like stigma like oh competitive people are like the worst or you know whatever they're not fun like competitive play isn't fun like the more people are seeing these games like there are decks that like would not you know typically be in that list of you know the tier list that do just fine at tournaments like yeah i mean look at uh you 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 mentioned the cpdh guide clay went ahead and started a moxfield account under the cpdh guide and listed all the riw the detroit deck list and just peruse those like you will be shocked at what sort of deck showed up at this tournament yeah like <laughs> and you know finished high or finished in the final four or what have risen you. reef Ernest street urgent sir reef, conrad right? mm-hmm. floodgate you know there's spiciness yeah, everywhere it's crazy like i don't know if it was just my limited experience with cpdh or you know the most recent tournament was a riches of rags event but on our at Detroit, I was expecting the Abdels and the Tatiovas and the Gretchens and the combo decks and all that sort of thing. And they just, if they were there, they weren't there in great numbers. Yeah. There's there's a little everything. And it was really, it was both fun and infuriating as the person who played a deck that, can you know, is contingent on people not playing blue creatures. So um, <laughs> that's another story, though. So. Yeah. TLDR, tournaments, awesome. We need more of them. If anyone wants, you know to talk about them i'm all shoot me an email twitter dm discord dm all that fun stuff and don't be super like intimidated to run a tournament either like it's you know like we mentioned the top deck gg like they have built-in software you can use you know there's community members everywhere regardless of what format you want to run a tournament for that are available to talk to there's depending on your lgs you know the shop owner might be a wealth of knowledge for how to run a tournament like it's i don't want to say it's easy but it's not probably not as hard as you're making it out to be in your head like it's right sure it's a tournament it's a big deal there's you know there's prizes on the line people are competitive this and that but if you get all these you know little baby steps down and get those accomplished like the tournament is as a whole is going to run very smoothly yeah i mean i know I, I did a lot to make it sound like a lot but to do it to just to do it to do it doesn't take a whole lot i yeah. am something of a perfectionist so i will drive myself crazy um <laughs> so like that's probably why it would sound like a lot more but yeah i mean the the software itself just makes it so easy alone and like spell table existing and discord like if you went online tournament it's not that hard to set up a discord server with a few rooms and link to you know topdeck.gg it's real simple so yeah and you're always going to have what ifs like if you're the to and you're like well what if the internet goes out or what if a play a player in around knocks his deck off the table and you know none of the cards can be seen what he's doing on webcam like there's all these what ifs but a lot of those there's just no no rules for. There's no website that'll tell you what to do in those scenarios. And that's just something, just like anything else, you're just going to learn it along the way, I think. Right. Yeah. It's just, there'll be mistakes. Everyone, whenever you do anything, you learn as you go. Like, mistakes are meant to be yep. made. So, uh, you know, promoting your event is hard. Like, 
I am very thankful that you guys help and all the PDH community helps boost it. So, um, yeah, that is definitely one of the hardest things I think with not just a tournament, but almost with any sort of like content or tournament or whatever you're trying to promote, like social media is just, just hard sometimes. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, like I, I'm very excited about the future of tournaments and popper commander and, you know, what's on the horizon. I know Dallas has exciting things coming, uh, for the richest to rag series too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's super awesome. So, yeah, I think so too. Do, uh, is there anything else? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say like, I don't know if Liam or Dave have any additional thoughts on all that. I feel like I was just rambling and rambling and rambling. Uh, I feel like the amount that each of us is meant to ramble in this episode should be approximately proportional to the number of tournaments that we ourselves have run. And uh, <laughs> Correct. it's not a thing I do a lot of, honestly. Like, I, I'll admit to having put on one in college uh, 43 years ago when I was a young man. That's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I just, <laughs> math is fake and so are numbers and I know. Sure. I don't know how yeah, long yeah. ago it was, but my college was tiny, and so was the tournament, and it was weird. But I just remember trying to do Swiss pairings by hand. Oh huh. no! No, thank you. Uh, yeah, and like it was, it was a one v one tournament, not a four player tournament. So like, I, I couldn't even try to put together pods of four players. That's gonna be uh yeah, It just seems mind boggling, but yeah, you know, if if place like Top Deck is gonna do it for five bucks, like here you go. Take my money. Here's my five bucks. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. I didn't have top deck. I had. I had a chalkboard. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I. I mean. I feel like I've. I've been enjoying listening to you talk because you actually know what's going on, and I do not. I feel like a lot of the things you're saying are things that, like, once I hear you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's a really good. Yeah. Point. Yep. But I would never have thought of that on my own. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, from the very minor tournaments that I have run, like that's just like I think Bobby mentioned mentioned it earlier, like I just sort of had to like just dive in and figure out how to swim. Like there was no like training course or anything. I just thought one day, "Oh, I want to run I think what was it a a 60 card pauper MTGO tournament, but it's a singleton pauper. Like one copy of every card in your deck besides basic lands." And it was a nightmare, and I learned that lesson, but you know <laughs> what I mean? I just I just had to jump in and do it. There was no nobody really there to hold my hand through it and i think that's one of the best ways specifically with something like this is to learn how to do it is just to go ahead and do it and start with something small so start with something that you know is not going to get a huge entry or a huge amount of people and make it free and just if nothing else just like the game just practice running a tournament Mm -hmm. you know even if it's just with you and your friends or a zero dollar entry fee that way if you do mess something up nobody can be mad about it because they didn't pay to get in your event so um, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but it, it, that's pretty much how I learned it is just doing it. I don't, I don't know that I ever really wish to run another tournament unless it's at my LGS or whatever, but that's basically how I did mine. To be to be completely honest, the reason that I ended up running those tournaments that I did in my mm-hmm. ancient college days was that uh, there was a tournament structure in place at a, a tiny, a miniature little sci-fi anime convention that they ran every year. And the people that were in charge of those tournaments when I was trying to attend those tournaments were terrible. And they had no idea <laughs> what tournaments were supposed to look like or how they were supposed to be run. 
Sure. And so after trying to play in those for the first year, I was like, never again. And I just staged a hostile takeover. And I was like, all of you are gone. Like, I'm running the tournaments <laughs> now out. because none of you know anything. And they were like, thank yeah. God. Please. Please. Because <laughs> we don't know anything. And I was like, okay, yes, I got it. And uh, it turns out that I, I didn't know much more than them. But I knew enough. I knew enough to recognize that they were doing it really wrong. And that I was right. doing it and only a little bit wrong. It, sometimes that's all it takes to to get it going in the right direction. Yeah, and like you know, I said you know, there's a lot of learning. I was very fortunate that you know the CDH community had been doing this. Like it was newer, but they had been doing it for some time, so they kind of had some of these rules in place and oh, stuff sure. going on. So yep. it, like there is, you know, as we've you know, magic has just grown over the last thirty years. Like there's probably someone who's tried to do it. And there's stuff to be learned. Like they, all these different tournament organizers have their own rule sets and you know documents and you know structures and everything. So uh, definitely, like, very thankful that uh, they walked so that I could run, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing that if if you're trying to run, you know, start your own tournaments from the ground up, there's nothing that you're going to come across that hasn't been already come across and solved. Probably, you just got to reach out, ask for help. Hmm, I think that might cover all. Is there, I know you're the, the man behind the curtains, Bobby, but is there anything else um, that we didn't really cover about the whole shebang? I mean, I know there is. There's like a million I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> pieces that go into running a tournament. But like if someone was just, you know, oh, that paper PDH tournament I, I, I watched on Twitch or I played in Philly, that was really fun and I want to do it at my shop. I think we covered most of the... Um, the generic sort of bases, if you will. Yeah, and if there isn't something, you know, reach out, you know, in the pod, the PDH pod Discord. Yeah, Reach absolutely. out to, you know, me, whatever, you know. Plenty of people mm -hmm. can point you in the right direction to get to me if you really want to talk to me, I suppose. But there's also plenty of other people, you know. The Eminence staff, uh, the topdeck.gg server is awesome. Uh, sorry, it's like the Command Tower HQ server, I think is the official name. But they're, yeah. they're served for their software. They have a bunch of people who are super helpful as far as tournament organizing because it's just a bunch of people who are tournament organizers. So, Yeah, and they love doing it. Yeah. They love helping. It's not just like, give us your money, we'll run the tournament. Like They they engage with the community. And like you said earlier, they, they'll make changes on the fly and they'll work with you to make your tournament like and they, the smoothest, best it can be. And they play in tournaments, so they get it. Like yeah. I play in tournaments, I get what I, you know. I know what I want out of a tournament. I know when, like, you know, Alex said, I thought, you know, he thought that tournament was ran up awfully. Like, I don't want that. So, like, knowing <laughs> that going in, like, what what goes, you know, what a, a good tournament looks like helps a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, if you didn't have anything else to add, Bobby, I think we got time for a, for a quick listener question this week. What do you think, Liam? Uh, if you give me a couple seconds to open up the listener questions, we could probably do one. Yeah. Oh, I I put I dropped one in there for you. Oh, you dropped one in? Then there you it go. It sort of relates to this episode, but not 100%. I seem to have misplaced my show notes. Oh, well, I can take care of it if you want. Yes, please. All right, this one comes to us from uh, Twitter, or X, if you will, or just Elon forever, whatever you want to call it, at uh, alt underscore color. What PDH deck do you recommend that could fare decently on an EDH table? Bonus points if the commander is legendary. Go ahead, Bobby. What do you think? Uh, in my completely 
uh, fair and unbiased opinion, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Gretchen Titchwillow. Um, as evidenced by Puzzle... That shout-out would not be wrong. Yeah, uh, as, uh, as evidenced by Puzzle taking down an EDH tournament with Gretchen, um, I don't think there's much more to say than that. There is a lot more land destruction when you're talking, you know, regular EDH table. Wasteland yeah. and strip mine don't exist in pauper land, so... Those right. can be a bad time, but I mean, the deck is still just, it can be very fast. It's very resilient. It can stop other people from doing stuff. You know, it does it all. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. What do you think, Dave? What do you got? I do have an answer to this question. I have had a lot of success bringing Zada to EDH tables. Um, oh, I was not expecting that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a long time, I had a Zada deck, and I I love it as a PDH deck because it was really explosive and powerful. And like when it went off, it was really fun. But also mm-hmm. like it was it was kind of it it had what I now sort of refer to as the Ataumi problem, where it's like too powerful to make for a balanced and entertaining casual game, but also far yes. far too vulnerable on far too many axes for me to want to play it in a competitive scene. So okay. I had this Zada deck that I had tuned up, I thought, you know, as, as well as a deck that's main mainlining Orcish Conscripts can be tuned. It was that well-tuned. <laughs> and I would, but I never played it in PDH because that mm-hmm. isn't fun. So I would bring it to, to casual EDH tables. And this was one of my decks that was like, you know, badly unsleeved and suffering for it and like crooked. Sure. And like people would look at that, and I would be like, "Oh, it's all commons. Don't worry." And everyone would just underestimate me. Like, yep. Like I would 100%. do something, and everyone goes like, "Oh, it's just commons. Don't worry about it." And then I would attack yeah. for like two hundred and forty-seven damage, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Wait a second, while what? drawing fifteen. Cards. Yeah, don't worry. Right. Don't worry about that damage. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. no. It's fine. Like math is fake anyway. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah. So like that. That always works once, and then like the second time you try to do Zada things, people are like, "Oh yeah." My deck has 13 board wipes in it, and you'll never do anything. And uh, yeah, yep. ap- after that first time it works, it doesn't work again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam, I think you've actually done this before too, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what's so, your answer here? So the vast majority of what I built prior to this podcast was legendary creatures. Uh, yes, and that's what it was. Yep. Nine times out of ten... Uh, I would say that my my recommendations pretty easily lined up with just whatever was on the tier list or the the competitive list, the uh, CPDH guide as it is now. Whatever whatever legends were on that list were sure to fare well in a regular EDH table, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to stick by that statement. I mean, Gretch, Gretchen's already on that list. We've talked about it. Uh, Gut Leader is on that list. Uh, I'm Abdel, and any background is on that list. You sure. Know, there's there's certainly there there are certainly plenty of options from CPDH guide that are legends that you could consider taking to an EDH table. I hear Tatiova's yeah. pretty good. I hear Tatiova I also heard that as well. eats three v one games in EDH fairly frequently. Ramp yeah. Ramp is good in EDH, right? That's what I heard. Sometimes. Ramp yeah. is good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Tons. Of I know that. Yeah, I, I know that for a really I, long time, Crash used to take his Tatiova deck into competitive EDH games after just making like a couple switches. 
Like this, this was yeah. back when, when, when Ristic and Mystic were still legal and you didn't have to swap those back in, but he would just switch out like Terramorphic Expanse for like Breeding Pool or not, yeah. not Breeding Pool, whatever the Simic fetch is, you know, he just, you know, switch, Misty switch around post. a couple of cards. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. He switches around a couple of cards in his mana base to really capitalize on the landfall thing. And then he just shows up at competitive EDH games and steamrolls them with a otherwise all common deck. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like com the original Commander Legends and then Baldur's Gate, I feel like they, those two sets sort of like helped close the gap between, it's not completely closed, but helped, you know, narrow the gap between EDH and Pauper Commander. So um, I, I don't know. If I, if I was doing something like that, I would probably pick a background commander, maybe even something a little, you know, on the slow side, but maybe something like Malcolm Mitch Techic, you know, something you can put combos in, but something that is also just kind of fun to play because it does stupid things that you don't see all the time. Um, I think any sort of Malcolm build would probably be fun. Like, I'm always just gravitating towards mid-range as it is. I don't know. I don't play hardly any actual EDH, so I don't know how well mid-range would fare, you know, at an EDH table. Um but that would probably be something I would naturally grab. But um, yeah, I think if of the decks that I currently have built, if I was taking a PDH deck to an EDH table, I would probably take my Malcolmich Techic deck. It seems fun. It seems big. It seems tall. It seems powerful. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would take. It's a fun partner pair. I don't play a lot of partners, but that is one particular uh, very potent partnership. I've heard that some people have tried in the past to take a modified version of bird horse into edh games Ooh. and uh it's bird horse struggles a little bit because it you know a, a, a resolved board wipe will completely annihilate your board while ignoring that three mana tax and yeah um, yeah there is that so like to, to modify this you have to swap out some of the some of the protection counter spells like i i have things like mm -hmm. uh you know shelter Target creature gains protection from a color of your choice. Draw a card. I have that yeah. listed in the deck under the counter spells tag because it stops spot removal. Uh, you have to <laughs> you have to swap out those cards for things just more generic counter spells like just cancel, fairy trickery, so that you can stop the board wipes. Um, and you have to work a little bit harder to get up to twenty one commander damage instead of sixteen. But I've oh some, yeah for sure some some people who have tried it in EDH games have reported back to me that it was moderately successful. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. You are spanning multiple formats. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't... I wouldn't even know what to expect in an EDH table. Like, I rarely, if ever, play it. And when it's going on at my shop, I just sort of, like, overhear what's happening. So I wouldn't even know what to expect. So I would just take something something simic and silly and fun. But as far as, like, actually being... Or actually faring decently, as the question asks, I... I not really sure. I, I refer to you three about it. And those are really, really good answers, honestly. I'm going to jot that down. Brad said Simic is fun. So. <laughs> it is fun. I, I was, love it. It's. I it's was thinking so really fun. hard about that. Simic and silly and fun. Like, I'm trying to process a deck <laughs> that is all three of those at the same time. Thunderous Snapper is silly and fun. Okay. <laughs> and actually, Malcolm Itchtechic, maybe it's not silly, but it was kind of fun. And I, I remember... Like two days, I was gonna play it on a Saturday stream, and like two days before, 
I was going to play it. I had never played it before. So I put a message in our discord and I asked Alcadron, like, what's the play pattern here with this deck? Like, what am I supposed to prioritize? Yada, yada, yada. He's like, it doesn't matter. You're going to be the instant threat. And damn it, if I was not the instant threat <laughs> from like, <laughs> from like turn four on, it was just yep. kill Brad the whole time. <laughs> I love that deck. Yeah, it was it was fun though. Like just making huge golems and doing stuff with artifacts or whatever. Like and I don't think I built mine with any combos or anything. It was just big creatures, simic draw cards. But yeah, it was I I, I don't even know if I had accomplished anything yet. I was just the threat. <laughs> so yeah. That's why I feel like it would do okay at a uh, EDH table. But that's just me. I like it. All right. Yeah, I do too. Uh, we got anything else you want to add before we get to the outros? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Take it away. Awesome. Well, as usual, we got a few more things before we want to wrap it up for the week. If you need a, need any more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can follow the PDH Pod on Instagram, over on X Twitter. Uh, you can email the show at the pod at gmail.com, or you can head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you to their Discord server, and then just like the whole format opens up from there for you. Uh, you can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as the Alcadron, just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. And uh, all these links will be down in the show notes. But Bobby, where can the uh, where can the listeners find you? Yes. I know you're sort of all over the place as well, but is there like they can always... uh, so, some areas that are better than others? Yeah. You can always find me everywhere. Uh, at Sanctuary PDH on Twitter. Uh, X, Twitter, whatever. Um, yep. SanctuaryPDH at gmail.com for emails. Probably not your best bet, but SanctuaryPDH.com has all the info for all the tournaments, the deck lists archive, the coverage archive, all that fun stuff. And then in every PDH related Discord, I'm I'm be fine. You can find me in the PDH pod Discord, usually cracking jokes at someone's expense. Yep. So <laughs> one of the hosts' expense. And that's one thing when you were just uh, telling the listeners that I was thinking about like most PDH players that are in the community that I know that are on Discord are in all the pdh discords so if you can find us in one you'll probably find us in all of them for for a minute i was a moderator in all of them oh my not anymore disgrace that sounds like a lot i've been i've been demoted <laughs> you've been demoted probably to for your own good probably now. for my own good yeah <laughs> too many hats <sighs> too many cooks all right well too many cooks in the uh kitchen all right we're gonna wrap up episode 65 of the pdh pod but we want to give a big thanks to mtg brad for letting us use their original music for the show and from everyone in here to everyone out there brew a deck uh play some pdh and we'll see you next week peace cheers see ya say bye bobby (laughs) (laughs) just insert a little thing at the end that goes oh is his mic muted Did we lose Brad? Or did you lose me? Hello? What happened? I think think he's muted. Damn it! (laughs) (sighs) Almost a whole episode. Almost. We almost made it. (laughs) Okay. No, this is fine. This is fine. Editors exist. The...
Brad's, right. Brad's, right. Brad's a great editor. He'll never he'll never leave this. Um, That's right. Okay. I brought Pump text at the party. Pump. I brought Pump text at the party.